Hello there, you're about to experience the What's Up Church podcast. Can a dude get some Holy Spirit? What's up, church? What is up, church? It is me again. Um, as always, coming at you, Han Solo style today. Just me. Sorry. <laughs> Just me. Uh, question for you, though. How are you doing? Lovely. That is lovely to hear. Fantastic. Good to know. Way to keep it going. Um, so I'm going to give you guys a little inside baseball here. I don't know why I've been using that term lately. That's like the fifth time in the last week and a half I've said inside baseball as if I'm giving you some insider information. And truth be told, I've never played baseball. Like never once in my life have I played baseball. Like I've played softball and I know how to play baseball, but I've never played organized baseball. Like I'm not like a sandlot kid, if you know what I'm saying. Movie reference. (laughs) Coming in hot. But yeah, so I recorded episode. I, so I try to record episodes ahead of time so that I don't miss an episode because life gets busy. And then I don't like being inconsistent with this. Um, I've been inconsistent. If you're an avid listener, all seven of you guys have known that sometimes you go a week or so without a podcast. And I feel like that's not necessary. So I front load, quote unquote, front load these episodes so that you guys have content even when I'm out traveling or whatever. And so the last episode I recorded was right before we were supposed to go to Israel, whatever. And that got canceled. So here it is. Like, so I was going to give you today's date. Today's date is 11, 18. So today is the 18th Saturday. Um, and I'm going to start kind of giving you guys, I'm trying to like, I like front loading, like maybe a, a week, maybe two weeks ahead of time. But I want to start staying a little bit closer to launch date just because I feel like the things that are on my heart are more relevant as to when I recorded them. Um, Like, for instance, I was listening to the last episode, which is the um, Ned Flanders. (laughs) Ah, it's a Ned Flanders episode. And not that it sounds so foreign, but it sounds so long ago. Like, like I'm listening to it. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. Like, I remember that conversation, you know, like. That was like a month or two ago. You know, it wasn't as fresh as, you know what I mean? A little, little, you know, little old, um, which isn't bad. It was very vivid at the time I recorded it. It's just not pertinent to today necessarily. So I want to start being a little bit more timely in my conversaciones with you guys. A little more, I guess, more timely with my own thoughts. I mean, really, it doesn't really matter because it's it's all the same, I guess. I don't know why I'm being critical of myself on this one, but whatever point is, is that I, I, I'm going to try to start recording these in relatively orderly fashions, you know, keeping it pretty much up to date as much as I can, best as I can. I make no promise. This is not a hard yes or a hard no. This is a worse or number two penciling this in. <laughs> and that's all there is to it. Um, a lot has gone on since I last recorded. There's been a lot of uh, just really cool things happening. Uh, show and I got to go to a, a prophetic conference. There's some other great stuff going on. 
Um, we got a really cool word spoken into us. That was really kind of what Sean and I have been a lot of prayer been going into like what's going on, things of that nature. Any hoosers, um, I was in the word. Obviously, you guys know I'm reading the, the Old Testament. I say obviously as if you are keeping track of my life. Let me remind you. So patiently, I'm kind of reading through the Old Testament, reading through the Bible, like cover to cover as part of my journey. And then that I, then I have my own reading I do on the side, like whatever, the, mostly in the New Testament, if I'm being honest. Um, but I like reading through the whole Bible and kind of going through things. Um, and something occurred to me in Kings, First Kings, if we're being specific. Um, it has has uh, ripple effects that go throughout the Bible after this, but like, like so you have this part in Kings, and it's the story of Jeroboam, um, and it's like the saddest story. So, so if you don't know, Jeroboam was Solomon's servant, right? So King Solomon, obviously the the son of David, David, um, for all you Bible scholars, <laughs> King David, Bathsheba. Solomon, you know what I'm talking about. Um, he takes over and he's like the the smartest, wisest dude. And everyone's like, oh my gosh, Solomon, you know, the queen of Sheba. Everyone comes and just and just just praises on this dude. And for good reason. Like, I mean, he had he had a lot of great stuff going on. Um, he made some errors, some would say, <laughs> some serious errors. But for the most part, he was you, you know, pretty rock solid. Had had a season. Who hasn't? Raise your hand. Um, I have. But so Jeroboam, though, was his servant, and he was a, a mighty man of valor. Um, you know, uh, he was the son of Nebat. He was a Fratite, whatever his name. These names, dude, just can we get John, Paul, Rob, Doug? Can we get some serious, easy names, Israel? Come on, let's do it. Any user, I digress. <clears throat> the reason I say this is because his story arc is nuts, like just nuts. Okay. So Jeroboam, like when, after, um, I don't know when it happened exactly, but essentially when Solomon was being all sorts of mischievous, it was pretty much established that he'd be losing the 10 tribes. Like God's like, I'm going to take 10 tribes from the house of David and give them away not give them away away, but you know what I mean? Like strip them from him. And so really if you, it's uh first Kings 11 and it's um, 29 says it came about at that time when Jeroboam left Jerusalem, that he, that the prophet Ahijah, 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 I don't know, dude, the Shilonite, the Shilonite met him on the road <clears throat> And gave him a prophecy. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and add a little bit here, guys. It says, "Take." Uh, he said to Jeroboam, "Take ten pieces for yourself." Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel: Behold, I am going to tear the kingdom from the hand of Solomon and give you ten tribes. But he and his descendants shall have one tribe. Benjamin was annexed to Judah for the sake of my servant David and for the sake of Jerusalem, the city which I have chosen out of all the tribes of Israel, because they have abandoned me and have worshipped uh, Ashtaroth, the goddess of Sidonians, Shemoth, the god, whatever. Uh, they have not walked in my ways, followed my commandments, doing what is right in the sight of, and keeping my statutes and my ordinances as did his father, David. So he's basically, I'm going to make him a ruler of those days. Uh, however, I will not take the entire kingdom out of his hand. This is Solomon. 
but I will make him a ruler all the days of his life for the sake of my servant, David, whom I chose because he kept my commandments and my statutes. But I will, and this is uh, verse 35, but I will take the kingdom out of his son's hand and give it to you 10 tribes. And it says, uh, where's it? 37, I will take you, Jeroboam, and you shall reign over whatever your soul desires and you shall be king over Israel's and the 10 northern tribes. Then it shall be that if you listen to all that I command, you and walk in my ways and do what is right in the sight, in my sight, keeping and serving my statutes and my commandments as my servant David did, then I will be with you and build you an enduring house as I built for David and will give you Israel and will give Israel to you. And in this way, I will afflict the descendants of David for this, their sin, but not forever. So at this point, you know, just let's just take a brief moment and just think about what just happened. Like, dude, Jeroboam was given the same promise that God gave David. Like the Davidic covenant, like the Davidic covenant. Like we talk about the Abrahamic covenant, the, the Mosaic, you know, like there's all these covenants that God has given. Like, you know, the, the, the first covenant, the Abrahamic covenant, and then they had a better covenant with the Davidic covenant, you know? Um, it just, it, it's just crazy. And then here you are, <clears throat> God is going into Jeroboam and saying, dude, I'm giving you 10 tribes of Israel, 10, bam, yours, yours. Judah and Benjamin, they down south. You got all the north, bro. It's all yours. And if you walk in my path and 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 if you have a heart towards me, like I will build a house for you as I did for David. You know, if you follow in my commandments, follow my statutes, you will get all that. And that is crazy, crazy to think about. Like, like, dude, like how often does someone get a Davidic covenant offer? It's nuts. And, and let's be honest. David, everyone loves David. I love David. I, I'm a huge fan of David. But David had a lot of lot of negative. Like the big one I always think about with David, he was the worst dad. <laughs> like we could talk an entire season on how David was just a horrific father. On every measurable metric, he was a bad father. You know what I mean? He never corrected his sons. His sons were plagued with like just incest, murder, deception, treachery. I mean, dude, like it is nuts. The Davidic house was not a well-kept house. However, David's heart was always towards the Lord in all of his faults. And dude, he had plenty. He always had a heart for God. His concern was God walking with God, being a right with God. Doesn't mean he, he nailed it because none of us do. And he's no exception. However, at every moment it was brought back to his, his, his forefront. He he, he did what was right in the sight of the Lord and went after the, what was for the heart of God. His heart truly was a heart after his own, a heart after the Lord's. The rest of his family, not as much. You know, <laughs> there's some room for improvement. But Jeroboam, who was a valiant man, a servant of Solomon, was given this promise. And then it came to pass. He was given the 10 tribes. But what happened? What happened? Jeroboam dropped the ball completely. Jeroboam basically immediately got scared of the pilgrimages from his people to go south into Jerusalem to worship at the temple. Like that was the thing that, that was immediately the problem with Jeroboam. He said to himself, and I forget exactly where it is. Like, I don't want to have 
people leaving, leaving where I'm at to go and get uh, prayer. At, at, they don't want to go down there, like Passover, you name it, like all the things, right? Uh, and it says basically in 12, 1 Kings 12, 26, Jeroboam doubted God's promise to him and said in his heart, now the kingdom will return to the house of David. If these people go up to the house of the Lord in Jerusalem to offer sacrifices, then their heart will turn to the Lord, to Rehoboam. At this point in time, it was, it was Rehoboam, no longer Solomon, king of Judah. And they will kill me and return Rehoboam, king of Judah. So what is so? So he gets given this Davidic promise, right? This amazing promise of like, dude, you and your family will never, you have all that your heart desires as long as you walk in my ways and my statutes and follow my commandments. And the first thing Jeroboam worries about is that, did God, it, did, did he really promise that? Like, do I trust him? And, and he's the king now. Like he went from a servant of Solomon to the king of the 10 tribes of the North. Like what? And he was given that prophecy. He was giving it to him. And now it's living it. He's living it. And immediately he, he, he thought to claw it back. Like, I got to take control of this. I don't trust this because if all my people are going down to Judah to worship at the temple, their hearts are going to be in Judah. Their heart's going to be in Jerusalem. I should say not in Judah, but in Jerusalem. Their heart's going to be the temple. Their affections will be on the Lord who's in Jerusalem. That's where he's chosen to be. And I will lose my people. I'll lose my, 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 my crown. I'll lose all my things. They'll kill me. All this stuff. So fear. So what does he do? He makes idolatry. He starts building the golden calves. He made two, and this is in uh, verse 28. So the king took counsel and followed bad advice and made two calves of gold. And he said to the people, it is too much for you to go all the way up to Jerusalem. Behold your gods, O Israel, who brought you out of the land of Egypt. He set one golden calf in Bethel and the other he put in Dan. And it's always annoys me that my name is Daniel. However, Dan is one of the worst tribes of all. Like the first tribe to go down, I think was Dan. Like they were the, like the worst. Like their idolatry is legendary. <laughs> Stupid Dan. Uh, <laughs> but so immediately he created false idols. Just two golden calves to be worshipped. One at Bethel, which is the house of the Lord, which that's what that means, Bethel. It's crazy. He put one there. And then Dan. Like, so he basically told all of his people, these are the gods that got you out of Egypt. This is it. This is where you worship. Now, what people don't really talk about in the Bible, that there was a massive population shift in this moment. There were those Jews who did not, Israelites, whatever, Israelites that did not agree with this at all, that left the Northern tribes and went South. <clears throat> it wasn't like everyone who stayed there was on board with this there was a transition. There was the remnant of the North that left and went South and moved and, and relocated in to Judah. So that there, that did happen. Um, however, the people that stayed North, they were the ones that were kind of like, all right, you know what I mean? Yeah. It is, you know what? Now that you say that Jeroboam, that is, you're right. It is kind of a little bit of a trek to get from where we're at all the way down there. It's super annoying. We got to go at least like three, four times a year, blah, 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 whatever. Oh, you're right, dude. Hey dude way to give us a solid. We're going to stay up here. We're going to do it. <clears throat> and so because of that, like, because of that, like, it's crazy. Um, and this is so, so Jeroboam held a feast on the 15th day of the eighth month, like the feast he had kept in Judah. And he went up to the altar. He did this in Bethel, sacrificing to the calves, which he had made crazy. 
Um, and he stationed in Bethel all the priests in the high places which he had made. So he went up to the altar which he had made in Bethel in the 15th day of the eighth month, in the month which he had devised in his own heart in defiance, in defiance of God's commandments. And he held a feast with the Israelites and went up to the altar to burn incense in defiance of God's law. Crazy, crazy, right? And he is warned in chapter 13, Jeroboam is warned. Warned of this, like, dude, like, what are you doing, bro? A man cried out to idolatry by the altar. Dude, thus is the Lord. Behold, a son shall be born, the house of David, Josiah, by name. And on your, on, on you shall he sacrifice the bodies of the priests of high places. Like, that's a warning. And then later, Ahijah, the same prophet that gave him the, 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 the word of God that you're going to get these, gives him another one. Like, that says, dude, you're, you're the worst. Like, like, you're, hey, because you have not listened, because you have exalted other people, it may, like, like I'm going to take all this away from you and I'm going to, your family's going to be destroyed. Like all this is going to go bad. But the reason I'm saying all this and it's a little bit convoluted and I apologize is that from that moment forward, every evil king ruler in Israel is compared to Jeroboam. Jeroboam now sets the gold standard for idolatry for turning his back on the Lord. And that blew my mind. Like to go from the Davidic offer, like you get offered the same thing David was offered to now you are the absolute definition of a bad king, a bad ruler who turned his people away from the Lord. Like every ruler from this point on is now compared to Jeroboam who turned the hearts of the people away from God. He alone, not alone, but like he specifically is given the credit for turning the hearts of the people away from the Lord. Not Solomon, who brought in all the wives and all the religions and everything else. Like not Solomon, but Jeroboam. And that blows my mind because, because why? Jeroboam was given a clean start. Hey, they're sinning. I'm going to give these people over to you as your responsibility to get them back in line with what my commandments are, what my things are. And immediately Jeroboam got scared, took it back, didn't trust the Lord, didn't believe in the Lord and set up idolatry. Like that was his immediate response to being given the 10 tribes of the North. And because of that, his lineage is awful. The things that come from this are awful. But he is now the gold standard in Israel as the worst king. You know what I mean? He's the worst ruler. There are ones that, that, that later on, like Manasseh and some other ones that get like, whoa, bro, <laughs> bro, yeah, calm it down, Manasseh, you know. But he is the prototype of every bad ruler moving forward. And how did it start? It started with an amazing promise. He was prophesied over. God gave him the tribes. He went from a servant to a king. He was given everything and he just didn't trust the Lord because he feared, he feared man. And I just think about that. And again, like always when I read the Bible, like I just read about like what a tragedy of Jeroboam. But like, what are we afraid of? Like what in the world are we afraid of? What promises has God given us that we don't trust. You know what I mean? Like, like what are they? So recently I was talking to my brother, like my brother has, has been going through some, some, some stuff at his, uh, in his, his house, good stuff, not bad stuff. So, you know, but I don't want to talk about it cause it's his stuff, but he said to make some real decisions. 
you know, um, some big boy decisions. And thank the Lord he's doing great. Thank the Lord he's making some, he's, he, he's doing it the right way, seeking the Lord, praying about things, him and his wife, doing awesome stuff. It's amazing. But we had, we had a conversation and, and I kind of just took him to John 15, like the whole chapter of John 15, um, which I think is just such a powerful chapter. Like one of my favorite verses, obviously I'm the vine, you're the branch. Whoever abides in me and I in him would produce much fruit. Like, I love that. Like, you know what I mean? Like that's such a good, that's such a good, like, oh, awesome. Love that, that chapter. But I love that verse. But the whole chapter of John 15 is, is a banger. It's just so good. And I, I wanted him to read it because I think it's such a huge point. Like people don't always realize what's going on there. And the reason why I say that is because, so John 15, five, everyone knows that I'm the vine, you're the branch. But John six, John 15, six, if anyone does not remain in me, he is thrown out like a broken off branch and withers and dies and they gather such branches and throw them into the fire and they are burned. So you go from abiding, which is what like God just told Jeroboam, like abide, just do, man. I will give you the 10 tribes. I will give you all these things to you if you abide. Abide in me and my statutes and the things that I value and all these things will be given unto you, right? But if you don't, there are consequences to this behavior. This is not a, you know, sorry. This is a drop fail situation. You either pass fail, either all you are, right? But I love number seven or, or chapter, or verse seven in John 15, seven. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, and again, this is amplified, so there's a little more here. That is, if we are, virtu- are vitally united and my message lives in your heart, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. And just think about that. Like what that's saying. That, this, is, this is Jesus talking, obviously, in, in, in John 15. This is Jesus talking. But Jesus was also there when, when Ahijah was talking to Jeroboam, like the Trinity. Like God wasn't talking without Jesus being there. It wasn't like this was a word that Jesus didn't have a part of. So the Trinity gave a promise, Davidic covenant, and then made that same offer to Jeroboam. And it sounds like, and so I let me put it this way. The offer, remember in Solomon's dream, Solomon, like God, like ask what you wish. And Solomon's like, dude, let me lead your people. Like, give me the wisdom to lead your people. I am a child. I know nothing about leading. Let me lead your people. <clears throat> and the Lord's like, because you asked of this and didn't ask for wealth or riches or the death of your enemies, I'm going to give you this and so much more. Right? Well, sounds like he's giving that same offer to every one of us. Doesn't say, if you remain in me, Daniel, if you remain in me, person who's listening to this, like, like it doesn't say like someone else. It's, it's to you. It's to me. If you, Daniel, if you, whoever's listening to this, remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it'll be done for you. Like, so when we're connected to the Lord, we have this green light to ask big, go big. Because if we're connected to the Lord, the things that we want are the things of his heart. And the things of his heart, he wants to give to us. He is a good father. And the thing we have to think about is, are we scared of trusting? Like the Jeroboam effect is what breaks my heart. Cause like, like he just, he was given the things and he got scared of losing it as if they were his to lose. As if the Lord, like, you know what I mean? Like I go back to the garden. What's the first thing they, they did the Lord say that 
It's the, the enemy attacks us the same way. He has no new style. It's the same thing. Like he makes us scared. Like, do you trust what the Lord said? Or do you look at your circumstances and let that influence your decision? Do you trust the Lord when he says, I'm going to, I'm going to get you out of the situation. Like if you abide me in all this, like don't worry about what's in front of you. Don't worry about the adversaries that are in front of you. Don't worry about anything that you're seeing within the natural. Cause I don't operate that way, but you're going to have to trust me. Like, do we, do we do that? I don't. I want to, I wish I could say with all sincerity that every time I'm in a pickle, bro, I don't even worry about it. Like, but that would be a horrific lie. Like I'd be lying to you. Like my wife and I's biggest beefs when I, I can't see through some stuff, you know, like I look at the world. I'm like, Hey man, like I'm an analytics dude. I, I like functionality. I like purpose. I like order. Like these things don't make sense. And don't get me wrong. There's like, there's like a lot of room for us to meet and improve and vice versa. Like there's, but like I, I look at the world and I'm like, oh, you know what? I, I need to understand it. I need to understand the path forward. And a lot of times that doesn't involve faith. It involves understanding, which isn't faith. Like, let me rephrase that. Like <clears throat> I have a hard time with action, with obedience, without understanding. I guess the best way I can say it. Like I, I always say obedience is ours. Outcome is the Lord's. But I know that when I can't see it, I'm, I'm like, Lord, like, man, like make it plain, Lord, so I can understand this because I don't. And I don't know if I'm not supposed to understand it or what, but I don't. But, but my faith gets tested in believing. Like, do I believe the Lord's good? Absolutely. Do I believe the Lord's going to always take care of us? Absolutely. Without a question in my mind. I don't ever doubt that. It's the hows. <laughs> How's he going to do it? Those are the ones I wish I had a little more insight on. Like, all right, if we're going to talk inside baseball, <laughs> see what I did there? I would like to know more about how it's going down, Lord. Give me the inside scoop. Um, but we don't get that. We don't get that. I don't get that. I don't know if you get that. If you operate in the prophetic, amazing. I don't. Um, so I don't get that insider information. So I've got to trust and be like, all right, Lord, I got to continue to to chase after you. Because when I don't, again, like always, my relationships suffer. My walk suffers. My faith suffers. The things that I'm trying to accomplish suffer. And it's my fault. It's like, it's my fault because I'm like, I gotta, I gotta know, you know? And so that's what I'm saying. Like, like, like the, I want to, I want to get so mad at Jeroboam, but I'm like, man, what would have been like for you? Like you have your, your, your entire kingdom go south three times a year to the old place. You know, like, would you have, Result, like, would you have tried to do something to, to curtail that, to, to minimize, you know, like <clears throat> it's easy to read this book and just call him out. Like what an idiot, Jeroboam, you're a dummy, dumb, dumberson building idols and everything else. But like, man, I've been scared of things that were far less than losing a kingdom. I've been scared of things that were far smaller than losing 10 tribes, you know, like that I had nearly, I didn't have nearly that much on the line and I've been more scared. I didn't. I didn't result to idolatry in the sense of the Bible, but I resulted in my own energy, which is self-idolatry. That's, that's even pride. I thought I could do it. I thought I, I, like, like I didn't do the things he did, but I had the same heart behind it of trying to control it myself, you know? And so as much as I'm like, oh my gosh, Jeroboam, I'm like, dude, Daniel, bro, you've done that. You, you, you've taken back the, the wheel. You know, Jesus, take the wheel. 
<laughs> you know, I've, I've done it, given it to the Lord. And then as soon as it's a little bit, the, the, the road becomes a little windy, a little bumpy. I try and grab the wheel again as if like, I'm going to do anything to improve the situation. Like at all, not one thing am I bringing to the table here, Lord, <laughs> not one thing am I bringing to the table except my faith and obedience. That's the only thing I can bring. That's it. It's todo. Nothing else. And, and I, so again, like, dude, like, like the ache and stuff. And like, we, we look at the sin, the power of the sin, like the power of Jeroboam's sin to be scared about what was given to him, what God gave to him and promised him. He was scared of losing. And because of that, he is now known as the one who led Israel astray from the Lord. Like he is it. Oh man. Like what a gold standard, like not a gold standard, obviously, but what a like, dude, like you're forever synonymous with idolatry. You're forever synonymous with leading the people of the Lord astray. That's his legacy because he was scared. That's what a, that just baffles my mind that he got the opportunity that he got to have a Davidic covenant, that he was given a promise that like so few have been given. You know what I mean? Yet actually, We've all been given it. Every single one of us has been given the promise of that because we all have John 15. Abide in me and I in you and you will produce much fruit. Don't abide in me. You're gonna be cut off, dry branch, withered and burned away. But if you abide in me and my word abides in you, ask whatever you wish will be granted unto you. It'll be done for you. Every one of us gets the promise that God gave David, that God gave Solomon that God gave Jeroboam. Every single one of us gets it. What do we do with it? What are we doing with it? Like, what am I doing with it? What am I doing with that promise? And man, it's just, it just puts me into a perspective like, all right, Lord, like, am I, am, you know? All right. Because it's not about what I do. Because I love how you read in this, you know, like, like, like that's what I love about fifteen. John fifteen is like he chose us, you know. And verse eight says, "My Father is glorified and honored by this when you bear much fruit and prove yourself to be my true disciples." You know. Oh, I love it. I love it. And it's it's crazy to think about that we get that promise. I just it, ba- it blows my mind that the Lord gives us that promise. The Lord gives us the opportunity to just operate in a level that we just can't even comprehend. And it all results from abiding. It all stems from our devotion to him. David, besides all of his faults, had a heart for the Lord. And I hope, Daniel, with all my faults, my heart is for the Lord. So I, I have no desire to sin and be in a place of any of the things that, that David did. Praise the Lord, I haven't yet. And I, I hope I do not. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like oh my gosh. However, I, I want to have a heart that is just chasing after the Lord. And then he does everything else. The fruit is his. I don't do the fruit. He does the fruit. Like, but I get to ask. Like, I want to be in a place where I'm asking the Lord for what he wants and what's going to honor him and bless him, you know? Um, and I know that when I'm in that place of connectivity, when I'm in that place of connection with the Lord, that's where my heart's at. It's not for what I need. It's not for what I want. It's not for any of that. The Lord knows what I need. The Lord knows what I want. I don't got to tell him, you know? 
Like obviously there's things I pray for and go after it and everything else, but it's the heart posture changes. Like my heart posture changes to like, all right, Lord, like, like what's going to honor you today? What's going to bless you today? What's going to move your heart today? Like your effect, like how can I, how can I remove distance between me and you today and get closer? And so, ah, man, the Jeroboam situation, like, dude, it's just crazy. As the, the 180 that he, that his life took given everything and then fear, fear of lack of control, lack of being able to do that, just fear for people. It changed it all, changed it all, made him synonymous with being an idolater who led his people away from the Lord. Oh, and like, that's all you read about. Every time Jeroboam's name is mentioned after that, it's he who turned the people from the Lord. Like, it's crazy. Oh, anyway. That was what I was reading about. I thought it was interesting. And I, I really just think there's an opportunity for all of us to have that promise, that, that Solomon promise, the David promise. We get that promise. He promises those things. What are we doing with it? What are we doing with it? Anyway, so that's what's going on today. I hope you guys enjoyed this. Uh, I hope you guys are having an awesome Thanksgiving. If this comes out before Thanksgiving, I think it will be that week. Anyways, I hope you have a great one and I'll talk to you soon. Uh, bye. You have been listening to What's Up Church Podcast. Just know you are cooler than all your friends that didn't. <laughs>